Welcome to the Eau Claire Muse, where through stimulating conversations, we inspire our community to create the future it wants. This podcast is produced by the UW-Eau Claire Entrepreneur Program. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Eau Claire Muse. I'm Ben Weller. I'm Alexa Caperi, and today we have with us Ryan Bemnister from the Goat Coffee House here in Eau Claire. Ryan, thanks for being on with us today. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. So when you were starting uh, the Goat, is it a business that you started from the ground up, or was that something that you bought, an existing business, or how did that come to be? Um, well, the Goat, we started from the ground up, but uh, we, had exi- we purchased an existing coffee shop uh, that was located down on Water Street at 408. Um, it was kind of a knickknack coffee shop. So when we walked into it to purchase it, we really didn't know where the coffee was. Uh, there's a lot of purses and little stuffed animals and trinkets and stuff in there. So, um, once we ended up, uh, purchasing that, uh, I guess they call it blue sky, which you get the customers, you get the equipment, stuff like that, but it was a rental. Uh, we were leasing the building. We gutted it out, made it our own and started from there. Awesome. So, when you were going through that process, what prompted you guys to overtake that business? <laughs> well, that's kind of a fun story because uh, my wife and I owned a couple of franchises in Eau Claire here that belonged to my uncle before he passed away. We owned a A&W and a TCBY on the south side of town. Um, and so we were kind of going through that stuff. We didn't really care for the franchise stuff. So uh, one day we're just sitting up at the A&W and I was looking at a real estate, real estate magazine and I said, hey, look, there's a coffee shop. And my wife said, no. And the next day I called our realtor and a week later we were buying a coffee house. Uh, so that's kind of, we're kind of like that. We just, you know, my wife always says no and then we end up with a business and then we end up with another business and then stuff like that. So <laughs> <laughs> so what are some of the main differences that you kind of first noticed off the bat, the difference between owning a franchise and, and starting a small business? Uh, freedom uh, was one. Uh, we were kind of stuck as a franchise, um, pricing wise, marketing wise, product wise, um, especially with two, we, when we owned the two companies, they were in one little store uh, and they were, both those companies were not owned by larger companies or by separate companies. So that was a lot of fun trying to fight that fight uh, between those two. So the freedom was the first thing we noticed because um, I could do whatever I wanted uh, with anything I wanted to do whenever I wanted to do it. Uh, just had to get the basic knowledge and put the time in and the energy in. Um, on top of that, along with the freedom became the uh, liberty not to pay somebody else for anything. And it, the money came back to us. Uh, franchises are not cheap. Uh, by any means, the, the with the the percentage you got to pay on your sales or your your orders and stuff. So um, that part was really cool, um, and we got to make it our own. Uh, we didn't have to live by any rules. Put up the sign in the window, you know, run cheese curds for a dollar, whatever. We could we could just do what we wanted to do, uh, which means we could interact with the community how we wanted to do, and we could kind of just be ourselves finally. That's awesome. So one quick question, why Eau Claire for you guys with both the franchise and the small business? Why did you guys settle on Eau Claire? Uh, I'm born, raised, and stayed here. Uh, my wife is from a large, large city of New Auburn, uh, Wisconsin, which is about 580 people. Uh, it's about 40 minutes north. Uh, she went to UW-Eau Claire, graduated from there. So I had the ties of living here. She had the ties of going to school here and being obviously the next biggest city where she lived was either Rice Lake or Eau Claire. Uh, so the familiarity of it was that. Um, 
And then with the franchise, obviously my uncle owned it. He was in Eau Claire, lived in Eau Claire too. Uh, but with the, uh, with the coffee house, um, it was just seemed like we were destined to have it, uh, downtown next to the university in Eau Claire, you know, that kind of thing. So, but we, we love Eau Claire. It's, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here for, I'm not going to tell you how many years, but many great beard years, uh, if I didn't love being Eau Claire. How has the community support been owning a small business in Eau Claire? Awesome. Uh, it, it, I mean, it, it truly awesome how we get the support from the, the entire community of Eau Claire. Uh, you know, fresh in everybody's mind is the, the, the COVID stuff with all the shutdowns and lockdowns and whatnot. Um, one thing that we knew, we knew we were going to make it when we had a lot of our customers come in before we shut down uh, and we're just buying gift cards and supporting us that way. Cause they knew like, you know, we're not going to buy anything cause you can't sell anything, but we want to give you guys money. So we had a whole bunch of e-card sales, all this kind of stuff. So the community support that way is just unbelievable. And then once we are able to open back up people like yourselves at the university, uh, it was like floodgates, man. So, uh, they, I think they were just ripped right and ready to go to get back to us. Uh, and we were so happy to see them come back. So, but our, this community is great. Yeah. So how do you see the goat impacting the community itself then? You see the support from the community, but how do you guys specifically impact it? I think we give, uh, uh, like I said, people like yourselves a place to study, a uh, comfort place to go uh, along with that. I mean, our demographics aren't just just college students. We get a lot of uh, uh, retired uh, people in. We get a lot of older professionals in uh, for meetings and things like that. So we set the store up to be convenient for those uh, those people and yourselves. So you can study, you can have meetings, you can just meet with a friend and just chit-chat and know that you're not going to be bothered by obnoxious music or loud baristas or or craziness of anything where you got table tents full of advertisements and bothersome waitress and waiters and stuff like that so it's just a for us for a, what we do for the community just at our location itself is just to create a, a comfortable atmosphere for everybody um i mean and and then along with i mean i was talking to a marketing group at the university they're doing a, a i don't know some project on us uh, and they were just thrown, thrown, just blown away that we don't do any advertising. <laughs> we, we haven't done advertising in 17 years, um, <laughs> with the with the exception of one one advertisement in Volume One once a year, uh, which everybody does. Uh, and we do all of our 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 uh, advertising through donation and uh, community service and stuff. So uh, it's word of mouth and it's donations. Word of mouth, definitely a great way to grow you know, being free in the best way. And when you provide a great product and a great service with a great atmosphere, you know, it's not hard to see why so many people love the goat. So what was it like, you know, in the first few years as you transitioned out of the franchise into a small business, you know, how did, how would the few, first few years go? Uh, scary uh, is a good way to put it. Uh, much like any business owner would ever tell somebody it's, really scary the first year, the second year, the third year, and then you kind of get to the fourth, you know, uh, I believe it's something like 80% or 90% of businesses fail in the first five years or something. So we were looking forward to get to the five year mark, but it is, uh, it was pretty scary. Uh, the nice thing was we had, ex you know, my wife's educated in psychology. That has nothing to do with business. Uh, I didn't go to the to college. I just went straight to the workforce and I was a manager for numerous businesses and companies and started up a couple of, um, businesses like i said with my uncle and the teaspoon and stuff uh so i had the business knowledge of it just by being experienced in it uh so that helped out a great deal and then running the franchise which is exotic and crazy for how you have to handle it to go to your own business which is to put it plain and simple is a little easier plus when you have like the smartest woman in the world at your side who can 
do the accounting, do the finances, take care of all the scheduling, all the payroll stuff. It makes my life a lot easier. So, but those first few years were, were really kind of tough. Uh, we put a lot of hours in, a lot of hours in. I mean, Lexi, you know how much hours I put in now. Uh, <laughs> imagine what I did 16, 17 years ago. When we started up, my wife basically ran the store for the first year. Eight months of that first year, she was pregnant. Oh, wow. <laughs> so she, yeah, so she's a trooper. Uh, I was working, we were just shutting down the franchises and I was uh, also doing some consulting up in Bloomeretta, a new uh, hardware store that opened up. So I was doing some work up there uh, along with some odds and end job just to keep us kind of floating because you're not going to make much money in that first, uh, we'll just say many years. Uh, you're breaking even or just trying to stay alive. Um, and then we had a lot of support from our families, uh, both Laura's mom and dad. My mom and dad are both in the area. Huge supporters of us. Helped us out with some loan stuff because we were young when we got into it. I mean, we're in our early 20s. So uh, when we got into doing the business stuff. And uh, so, so yeah, it was, a, it was a little bit scary. But we had a feeling that we were going to make it just because uh, we're, I mean, you got to know the three most important things in business is location, location, location. And uh, we're two blocks from the university. I mean, if you can't make it with uh, 11,000 people being within a mile of you, you got a problem. Uh, <laughs> so we took that to our advantage and just ran with it, you know, tried to set it up, attracting those type of people and then open ourselves up to the rest of the community, which we did over the years. Um, but after that, I'd say after the fifth year, we kind of, we felt okay, still scared. <laughs> uh, and you still struggle every single year. There's always new, new, uh, roadblocks put in your way, but, um, it was, a it was, a it was a lot of fun, uh, a good learning experience, but it was a little scary. Yeah, I'm sure it was as all of us in the entrepreneuring program, we can, we can only imagine what it's going to be like when we get out into the real world, if we haven't already gotten that experience, so one of my questions that I have yet for you is when you were opening a coffee shop, as we know, in Eau Claire, there are multiple, multiple coffee shops here. How did you differentiate yourselves from everyone else around you? Was there a lot of competition or were other coffee shops very supportive of you? How did that all go? Um, well, you know, 17 years ago, there wasn't, uh, you know, coffee was big, but everything works from the coast in. Uh, so the middle of the country is kind of behind everything a little bit on that. We had a few in Eau Claire. I want to say we maybe had one Starbucks and maybe a caribou if they were around. We had one at the mall. I can't remember what McGlory jeans and then maybe acoustic cafe and races. I, I were the ones that were around. Um, and since, you, you know, we, we were new to it, but we had again, good location, um, kind of got lucky with that. I'm going to lie about, uh, I'm not going to say it was strategy. It was just pure luck, but you, you don't really think of them as competitors. You know, everybody's got their own niche. Uh, you know, you do your own thing you, and that's how they separate each other out from you. I mean, I get people asking me all the time, you know, what? Oh, who's your main competitor? I don't, I don't know. Everybody, nobody, it, it doesn't matter. I can't worry myself above everybody else. I got to worry about me. So if I can just work on me, the goat and make that better, we should be okay. So we were able to kind of take our personalities, Laura's and mine, which are completely different. You know that Alexa, uh, you know, she's you know really quiet, never around because she's busy doing all the smart work. And uh, Alexa's got to deal with me who, you know, doesn't shut up and has got sarcasm going on like crazy. But putting that into our store, that's kind of one of the things. It's our personality. People expect to have us know who their names are, have us joke around with them a little bit, give them a little hard time, jab them a little bit when they're they're working on stuff and things like that, just to make it feel more comfortable. Um, so we, we, we've had lots of older customers that uh, you guys are probably too young for the show. Cheers. Uh, you know, cheers at all. 
I'm Boston not bar. familiar. No. Neither am no. I. <laughs> yeah. Well, we we've been called the Cheers of Water Street before because uh, we know everybody's name or we know what they drink when they walk mm-hmm. in. It's you know it's that that classic type thing, and that's what we pride ourselves in. We we don't just think of you guys as oh two bucks of coffee, cool, awesome. No, we think of you. All right, that person's got to study on Tuesday and Thursday. Let's make sure we make the best opportunity for them to get their stuff done. So we take our personalities, which is a, a big heart and caring about the community and caring about you guys and put it into our store. So that's how we differentiate ourselves from our competitors. I think that's a great point. I think, you know, now in today's age that a lot of people are focused on trying to copy and paste somebody else's business plan, or they see a lot of success in, a, in another area. And they think that by duplicating it, they're going to see the same thing. And what you really see is a lot of people straying from their roots, but you know, seeing that you guys embraced that and became something um, so unique, obviously has contributed to the success. And I think probably makes you a lot happier knowing that you're doing what you want and not trying to copy and paste somebody else. Oh yeah. That's big, big with us. We, we ain't going to be fake. We're not, you're not going to get, you know, we tell our employees, you know, obviously you got to check your attitude at the door and make sure you're all smiling, nodding, but at the same time, you got to be real. Um, you know, and I'm not going to fake anything to anybody out there. You know, I'm not going to lie to them. Hey, what you, you know, do you really like this drink? No, I don't. Sorry. I, I, that's not my thing. So if you want my thing, I can tell you what it is, but I'm not going to lie to you about something else. You're going to get some truth here and you're going to get, uh, you're going to get uh, a little bit of knowledge on the side too. So I think people definitely pick up on that, that aspect of realness. And I think uh, a lot of people are starting to appreciate that a lot more. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, spot on. I, 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 people just need that. They, they don't want to be lied to anymore. They don't want to be fake. They want real people doing real things, being real about everything. So, I mean, it's sounds corny, but seriously, I don't want to, you just don't want to be like that. (laughs) Mm -hmm, For sure. I know like at the goat, you guys are very like community oriented and you care about your customers. But one of the fascinating things that I really love about your store is that you guys do the artists of the month and you do different charities and stuff. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and how that all got started? Yeah, we're kind of, we're kind of stuck with our right now. You know that, uh, you know, artists aren't really displaying much right now or anything. It's kind of sad, but yeah, we started uh, with the art thing first. Uh, We started that uh, back at 408. Oh geez. It's been, we've been doing art for at least 10, 12 years. Um, got, I mean, obviously there's, there's ideas you take from other places and, and art just seemed to be like the logical thing to do that everybody else and, you know, the library does and businesses do and hospitals and stuff like that. But we wanted to take and do our own little twist on it. Um, we do artists of the month, like Alexa said, um, you get, you get one month, you can put up whatever you want. I don't care what it is. Uh, we're not going to judge. We're not going to, we're not going to do anything about that. Um, you hang, you take down, uh, you can put it for sale. You don't have to put it for sale. It doesn't matter to us. You can do whatever you want. It's your artwork. Uh, and what is different from us than most places is let's say you sell some pieces, kudos. Awesome. I don't want anything for that. That's not mine. That's yours. Um, so we we, we had artists agree, you know, we, people are saying, well, you got to sign an artist agreement because if we sell something, you've got to take a percentage for it. No, for what uh, you, you give me something new to decorate my store every single month that I don't have to worry about. And, uh, uh it worked out really well for us. <laughs> uh, we, we've always had months books. I mean, I think in the 10, 12 years we we're doing it, we maybe didn't have art for two or three of those months just because of, bad timing or whatever. Um, and, uh, it just turned into something. We had a couple articles done for the leader telegram on us, uh, that, about it just because it's separates us from everybody else. I mean, we're doing art like everybody else, but we do it differently. Um, so, uh, because of what we went through with COVID and stuff, we lost a lot of artists to, to, they're just not coming in and things like that. So we've kind of fell apart a little bit. 
but currently we're working with the Eau Claire library because they're moving or, or building or something. So all the artists that they used to carry there are being outsourced to other businesses. So we got in contact with them. They got in contact with us. They're going to send us some artists. We're going to get some new ones up here pretty soon because we've had the same art show for the last three or four months. So we'll get back on track. We'll start booking people. Um, and we'll put Facebook messages out there and things like that so uh, they can get in contact with us and we'll start booking everybody per month. So that's the art. As far as the uh, uh, charity stuff, uh, we do a lot. <laughs> we do a lot of charity stuff, um, not just with the business, but in our personal lives, a lot of the things that we uh, volunteer for and do. Uh, right now, we're doing some stuff with Bolton Refuge House at the shop because it's a uh, 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 sexual assault awareness month is April. Um, we used to do this with these guys a long time ago, uh, just kind of got away from us with COVID and things like that. Uh, but we're running like, uh, we're giving proceeds from some drinks that we're selling. We got, uh, uh, little flyers up. We got some phone numbers posted for them in the bathrooms and things like that. Not the first time we've done anything like that. We've always had a community table, uh, donation box down there. Jeez. We, we donate to a lot. It, anybody that comes in that's part of a charity organization knows they're going to get something for us for whatever raffle they're doing, whatever fundraiser they're doing, whatever they're doing, whether it's drink cards, gift cards, uh, us volunteering our time, whatever. They don't have to be a, a shy to ask. Um, we're more than happy to do everything with any organization in Eau Claire or the area, to tell you the truth. Uh, we've done some stuff up in New Auburn with uh, Laura's Church and things like that, you know, uh, <clears throat> Bolton Beacon, uh, everything. So that's, uh, yeah, we don't say no. Uh, really to any donations it's weird well the community sure appreciates that i am sure <laughs> oh it's my pleasure well i should say our pleasure laura and mine i got to mention her because she doesn't want to be on radio <laughs> <laughs> so you uh you made some highlight or you highlighted some things you know with covid and how that's been of a huge impact i know you mentioned shutting down and stuff like that you know how was that what was that like as a business owner making that decision that tough decision that to close down for a little bit uh, the first time was easy because it was kind of mandatory right. <laughs> when they shut us So that was an easy decision. Cause we're like, all right, got him. Um, but I mean, it wasn't easy by any means, you know, you never want to shut down for any reason whatsoever. But with the COVID stuff, that was pretty serious. Uh, we take that kind of stuff really serious. Uh, we err on the side of safety with that as Alexa can tell everybody, uh, knowing us in the background, you know, uh, but that was not, not a fun decision it wasn't a fun time uh i know businesses that shut down they're shut down less time than we were but that's just because during our lockdown and shutdown we kind of took advantage of the timing to do some remodel and unfortunately that remodel took longer than the shutdown did so when everybody else opened up we opened up like a month later um which was really stressful that was really stressful because now we're like are we gonna miss out on anybody are we gonna lose anybody are they gonna start going other places but you know, the, the silver lining, it was, uh, nobody was going anywhere. Uh, so we were able to kind of make sure we did everything right, get a plan in place, get back open safely, open back up safely two and a half months after the shutdown. And then, uh, we went to another shutdown when the governor, uh, pleaded, um, everybody to be safe and just kind of stay safe. That was the second time through, like, I don't want to say it was like, she remember when we shut down? Was it, uh, I think it was take early. out December. Yeah, November, November. It was November. Yeah, beginning of November. November when he, when the governor did a little speech and just pleaded with everybody, we were like, okay, let's be part of the solution, not part of the problem. So we went to straight takeout, had a plan in place. We were taking care of our employees as much as we could. I hope they 
appreciated it and understood. We did what we could for them through the whole thing, whether it was unemployment or whatever, that kind of stuff, whatever. Um, but when we did that shutdown for the takeout, we, we decided we we're going to do that until it was safe to open back up and we could get our building remodeled again. <laughs> so we did a second remodel, which gave us more space, which gave us more space to spread everybody out, do the social distancing, doing the capacity limits, doing the mass stuff. So we adjusted with the times for the COVID stuff, um, as scary as it was. Um, you know, personally, we had we had some, lots of touches with COVID with family members and, and whatnot. And uh, it wasn't a fun time by any means, but we uh, we did everything we could in our uh, with our business and our personal lives to to do everything safely for that. And just to it, it, you got to deal with it somehow. So, you know, we're just glad we came out the other end. OK. And we're glad a lot of other businesses did, too. You know, we uh, we have a group of our friends that uh, we put together a list of uh, 78 local businesses and we're spending our money at those 78 places. <laughs> That's great. So we're marking them off every week. We go to a couple of different places and just buy food or, or whatever it is just to support the local businesses. Yeah. That's awesome. Definitely. Definitely awesome. And supporting small businesses is something personal to me as having entrepreneur parents. And, uh, that's just nice to see. And it definitely feels better too, when you, you know, you're not handing your money over to the corporate world. Oh yeah. It feels, it feels really good. Yeah. <laughs> right. These places, seven people. And I'm like, okay, we'll take two of whatever and we're good. You know, we're in the good place to be able to do that. I want to make sure they survive and they get in that good place to do that too. Mm -hmm. And we all know how definitely uh, changing this past year has been for every business, especially at the goat. Um, but taking, taking a look at all of that and reflecting on it, how do you think that the changes that have been going on for the past year will impact like the future changes that are going to happen for the goat and the community as a whole? You mean when we get back to normal? I don't know if there's such thing as going back <laughs> to normal, but as normal as we can we get, get back yes. Semi-normal? Yes. <laughs> uh, boy, I tell you, you know, as much as, uh, especially with the, the college students, all right, they, they, they're, they're back in full force. Those guys, they're troopers. They're out there supporting businesses, getting out, studying, doing that kind of stuff, you know. Um, as far as the rest of the community, I know there's a lot of people that still aren't going out and I think they're just waiting and waiting. And uh, once we can get everybody vaccinated, get everybody safe, get everybody uh, to the point where they feel a little bit of a safety net to go back out. Um, I think it's going to be awesome. I think it's, I think, uh, I think they're going to come out in full force supporting every single business they can in the area in every area that they live in. I should say not just Eau Claire. I'm just based on Eau Claire because that's where I'm at. Um, but I think they're definitely going to start doing that. I've seen that a little bit with uh, like my folks and Laura's folks, they're all vaccinated and they're, they're feeling good. So they're back out going to their normal places like they did before, you know, stop at the VFW or, or go to the grocery store or whatever it is. So they're going back out, but they don't go crazy on it. So they're little baby step, baby step, baby step. And I think that's what we need to do is just do the baby steps until we can get back to a semblance of normalcy, you know, uh, hopefully by the end of summer, maybe by the end of the year. Uh, I don't think we should rush into it by any means. Um, but I think it's, I think it's going to be great for the city once we can get, get back to that whether it's full capacities or you can get within two feet of people or whatever it is, but anything's going to be a good thing for this community to get back out. Yeah, I agree. So I want to talk about the goat and how it has a second location. How did that uh, come to be? And what was the story behind that? We, uh, we don't do things easily in our family, as you can see, you know, realtor magazine, let's buy a coffee shop, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. So, um, 
Marshfield Clinic, we have a lot of regulars from there down at, the, down at our shop. And then what happened about a half year after we opened the new location, we moved from 408 to 336, right? So we were at 408 for 10 years. We've been at 336 for seven. Uh, 336 is the building that we purchased, remodeled, made it the Water Street location. Within six months, Marshfield Clinic came down and said, hey, uh, you guys are doing great. So how about the second place? And I said, yeah. And Lori <laughs> goes, no, no, we need to just tap the brakes. Let's figure this out first. And so I had a couple of conversations. She had a couple of conversations. Um, I believe, uh, I think it was the coffee grounds that was in there. Uh, they were in there for a few years, had it all set up like a coffee shop would be set up. Uh, so all we had to do is take uh, their stuff out and put our stuff in. That seemed like an easy plan. Uh, we had a lot of good employees working for us. One, uh, Liana, uh, uh, wanted to go up there and be the manager. So I was like, all right, cool. That base is covered. Uh, let's see what happens. So uh, it's a year-to-year type thing with Marshfield. Uh, they're super happy to have us there. We're really happy to be there. Uh, again, it's better to be lucky than good. Uh, in our case, we've been pretty lucky. So just by knowing somebody at Marshfield Clinic and having them know that Coffee Grounds is going to leave and asking us to come there is a perfect fit. Well, and a lot of times too, uh, a lot of it, you don't get lucky by not trying, you know, that nothing would ever happen if you never take that big leap and that big decision to just, you know, instead of dipping your feet in the water, you just cannonball right in there. Oh yeah. I love cannonballing. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> lot of fun you get to do a lot of things when you do that and there's a lot of repercussions but it's a lot of fun right so but yeah seriously with what what you said there yeah if if we were established so obviously us being established they knew us you know it wasn't just random they knew we had good products they knew that we did a good job they knew that we fit in with the clinic people i mean you got to remember that the, the two stores are identical but they couldn't be more different i mean we you know you're coming down to go to water street you're happy you're having a good time if you're getting customers at Marshall Clinic, they're either sick or working on sick people. So you're not having a lot of good moods. So you got to bring our personality up there to bring those good moods to those people. Make sure that they're happy for at least 20 minutes as they get a cup of coffee or a sandwich or whatever. Those nurses and doctors are working their butts off up there for, you know, 8, 10, 12 hours a day. The least they could get is 30 minutes of just relaxation. And that's what we've created up there for them. Uh we got a great girl uh, up there managing that place for us. She's been our manager up there for God, four years, three, four years now. Um, she's kicking it up there, doing great. I, I go, I'm the owner. I go up there working once in a while, and they they don't want me. They want her, and we've created that monster. So we got to make sure she's happy because we want the clinic to be happy because they don't want it. They don't even know I'm the owner. <laughs> I'm the guy that brings product to the store once a week. So um, yeah, but that that was how the, the how the Marshfield Clinic thing went. Uh, uh, you know, we were established. We got lucky knowing somebody got up there and I don't see us leaving that place anytime soon. They're, they don't want us to leave and we don't want to go anywhere. That's great. Definitely cool to see, um, you know, just how a business is can take the similar business plan, but at the same time, it's like you said, different and how, you know, people not, might not be as happy in a hospital and that's just, knowing the room, right. But providing great service and a cup of coffee can make, you know, such a big difference to somebody, you know, just a smile and, and, and a good conversation at the register. Yeah. It's tough to look at the smile now because they all got masks on, but you gotta do <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. You got to crack some jokes and smile with your eyes as much as you can. As much as you can. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> this, I got to say this too, since we're here, we're on this zoom thing, Alexa, I've seen your face like seven times. 
you know, when you're <laughs> years ago, this is the longest period of time I've seen your face. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it happens. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So with having the second location up at Marshfield in the future, do you plan on, well, I know things kind of are, iffy sometimes of like making solid plans but do you currently have plans to open up a third location or sticking with the two for now you want the long story or the short story whatever you're willing to give (laughs) little did you know we had a third location oh really yes yeah so after we opened the marshfield one and we were down established at water street there uh, i want to say it was probably four years ago uh, uh, a clinic up in Chippewa contacted us. Uh, Chippewa's just 15 minutes from there, uh, for those that don't know. Uh, and uh, they wanted to do the same thing we did at Marshall Clinic. Different setting completely because it was, a, it was a, a recovery clinic, not a appointment clinic and surgery center and all this other stuff. So we knew it was going to be a little different uh, as far as clients go and traffic and all that kind of stuff. But we're like, eh, what the heck? Let's give it a whirl. So we signed a, a one-year lease Tried it up there. Um, that's where Alicia came from. So one of my one of my good employees that's been with us for a long time also. Uh, she went and started running the Chippewa store for us after I was up there for a few months getting it going. Um, it was, a, 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 as business goes, it was a break-even store uh, in the first year. But there was a lot of negatives. Uh, we were tucked back in a, a low traffic area for cars. Uh, there wasn't a lot of uh, foot traffic because it was a you know, recovery clinic. When you're recovering, you're not really wandering around. Um, and the nurses don't get much of a break there. They stay basically in their, their stations in their areas. Um, it wasn't really good signage, all that kind of jazz. But we thought reaching out to Chippewa expand just a little bit. You know, we got these surrounding communities. Maybe we can break in there somehow and just kind of make it roll. Um, and again, break even. So we, we saw it would be, it presented the opportunity for us to grow it. Um, but what it did was make, it's harder on Laura and I to have personal time. Uh, kids, I got three kids. Um, we got the store at Water. We got the store up at Marshall Clinic. We saw little dips in those locations, and we saw less of our children, especially myself, than we wanted to do. So we thought, why are we spreading ourselves so thin? Why are we doing this? Even when we've got somebody up there, still got to maintain the store. I got to still got to bake for the store. I still got to stock the store. I got to inventory the store, all that kind of stuff. All these hours start adding up and it gets to the point where I'm not a fun guy to be around at that point. And I don't see my children and I, my store at water street struggling because I'm not there as much because it, you know, that's where I'm at all the time. Marshall was, you know, back in the store, like, you know what? Two is enough. So when you ask me if I ever want to do a third location, I'll tell you what I tell university students that I've talked to before. It's like having a kid. It's 24, seven, 365. If you're not willing to have a kid, don't have a kid. So I don't want another kid. <laughs> <laughs> I got my two and my three. I'm solid. I'm done. We're happy with two. I, it would have to be the most amazing situation in the world for me to do a cannonball on that one. Yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And, and knowing your limits and not stretching yourself thin, um, you know, Overall happiness is a big factor too when owning a business. It is. I, I, and I tell people that all the time. I said, if you're not happy, get out, quit, go somewhere else. I don't be, don't feel obligated or, or anything to a job. If you're not happy doing it, if, if you're happy doing it, do it. And I've been happy for 16 years. There's one year I wasn't happy. And that was the year we had Chippa. It was just too much. So I'm back to being retired at my young age of, I'm not going to say again, 
talking to people, drinking coffee all day long, I am happy. Uh, Laura's happy. We're happy. There's there's no reason to start stretching thin. And the stores are doing good, and that's because we are directly involved and not them. Right. Yeah, and that's another thing, too. The more you expand, then the more opportunity it is to hurt the other stores. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That's something we can do. <laughs> I mean, with that being said, where do you see yourself in five years? Where's the, where does, what's the plan for the goat? Uh, five years, I'm going to be sitting at the goat, drinking coffee, talking to people. I'm going to be doing <laughs> the same thing I'm doing today. I, you know, I'll be, uh, <clears throat> yeah, that's kind of what we see. We, we, and much like everything we have, Lauren, I don't really have a plan. You know, today's today, tomorrow's tomorrow. Um, obviously we plan on staying in business forever. Well, you know, we kind of cemented that with buying the building. You know, we got that as a safety net. Um, I don't see me doing anything else in 5, 10, 15 years until we're ready to pack it up, hand it off to somebody else, and uh, travel the country in a, a Winnebago or something. I don't know what, our, what <laughs> it is. But five years from now, man, I hope we're still rocking it down on Water Street right where we are doing the same thing we are. I don't see, we haven't changed in 16, 17 years. I don't see us changing now, anything now. Um, we're getting better at what we do. I can say that. My wife's gotten way, way smarter now. She's like an accountant. I mean, it's she didn't go to school for it. She's better than our accountant that we have that does our accounting. So, <laughs> I mean, she's getting good at it. You know, I'm having we got a great crew down there. We got everything. It's I I, I don't see in five years, I'll be a little grayer, uh, but I'll be just as happy. If it's not broke, don't fix it, right? That's right. <laughs> and it's not broke at all. It's right. more, it's oiled machine right now. Let's just keep it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So one of the things that we like to do here on the Eau Claire Muse is to keep that entrepreneurial focus, but also to look towards the future. So in five years, like what do you think would be hitting like the major headlines in Eau Claire? What would you like to see be hitting the headlines? What I like to see hitting the headlines in Eau Claire? Oh man, I would love to see them uh, put more focus on Water Street. Uh, they got a lot of focus going downtown. Uh, that's great. I, again, been here my entire life. I grew up living downtown where the where the, where the community garden is down there by Phoenix Park. Where the garden is, that's my house. I lived in for eighteen years, so I have roots, little roots in Eau Claire, <laughs> and uh, they they're rejuvenating downtown, which is great. It's almost there. We got a couple of things I got to do. I'd like to see them come back to Water Street area. It's a business district. We're we're just like downtown. Um, we need to focus too. Uh, we we used to have uh, parades. Uh, you know, a, a winter carnival parade. We had a down, down pep parade was here for like 200 years. It was stupid. We had every, it was like mother's day weekend. We had little kids and dogs and people dressed up in weird costume parading down the street and throwing candy. It was awesome. I'd like to see get back to that. I want to see it bring back to the university here. I want, I want that. I want to bring back, uh, them closing down the street for Halloween, letting the, the college kids go crazy on, on water street. You know, I want that kind of stuff. I want the vibrant on water street. You know, we're right there. We're, we're on the river. We're on the university. We've got Carson Park just down the street from us. We've got all this stuff. I'd like to see him start working on some stuff. Not just, hey, here's another building with some apartments up top and some retail in the front. No, mm-hmm. bring back community togetherness uh, at Water Street, not just not just downtown. Right. That's not one just, of my main Not just businesses, so, not just development, but more more community events. And I think, yes. you know, Eau Claire in general, one thing noticed from being from Wasson coming here is, there's a lot of energy here. I mean, you notice on how many people are outside always walking around and, and all these different things and, and more community events, I think would be great. Cause I think you'd see a lot, a lot of participation from it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, 
I hope that comes back. I hope they they build whatever arena they're going to build down where County Concrete is now, or whatever those plans are with the YMCA and Eau Claire and University, whatever. I don't care. Bring bring stuff back so you can host stuff. Have some concerts. Have some parades. Have some fireworks shows. Do whatever it takes to get everybody staying here, filtering the money into Eau Claire in certain areas. You know, like I said, they really did a lot of focus in the last five years on downtown. They're rolling it. Now let's get Water Street back to where it used to be many years ago. I mean, it's changed a lot just in our 17 years, let alone what it was 20, 30, 40 years ago. We get we get old timers in the shop all the time talking about what that bar used to be, what that restaurant used to be, all that kind of stuff. I mean, and they're, oh, I remember, you know, homecoming was all this great. We had a homecoming parade. You guys ever have a homecoming parade? I mean, have you been a part of a homecoming parade yet? Uh, Yeah, actually, my freshman year. I, there was one my freshman year. <laughs> one your freshman year. Yeah. Where was it? Uh, it was, uh, oh gosh, uh, first, it was on first Ave. First Avenue. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They used to run that down water street. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. They used to run down water street. All the, the pubs were open. Everything was going. It was great. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's what we got to get back to. Yeah. That'd be really, that'd be cool to see. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Um, so taking on that perspective, like think of now being in 2026, five years from now, what would you want to go back and tell the 2021 Eau Claire? <laughs> oh boy. Giving you There's some hard so questions here. Yeah. Geez. You, you're going to make me think. I remember I said, I just got a high school education, right? You want me to go back in time? <laughs> Dr. Eau Claire from five years, you know, from now. All right. Uh, what I would tell it to do, I would tell it to be patient through this time. And when you can get back to going, Put a lot of focus into the community. Uh, uh, put a lot of focus into the small business. Put a lot of focus into the small people, the, the town. We're, we're just a town. We're, 70,000 people isn't a big town. Put focus into the, into, the, into the city. You know, we don't need big franchises and development areas out on the outskirts of town. We need, we need you guys to put focus down on us, uh, on, on, on the downtown, the Water Street area, the, you know, all the little districts around. We need that. And the, and the small businesses need the support of the city. So the city should take care of itself as opposed to trying to expand to become something it's not. It's not Milwaukee. It's not Minneapolis. Okay. We're, we're, we're Eau Claire. We're, we're different. We can set ourselves apart. Like you said, we got great energy. Okay. We do for what we have, but we got to utilize that energy in the city. We get, we can't become something that we're not. Right. I think that's a great perspective and definitely eye opening for me. i never thought of it as that way. Um, you know, just being going to college here, you don't, necessarily think of all that stuff you know a lot of times if it's not your hometown you don't think of it like that but now living here and kind of you know now it's almost coming you know like a town that you lived in for a while and you want to see more growth and you want to see more community events as you get as you get more comfortable in the community that you want to become more involved and i think you make a great point with the city should start pushing back to some of those you know parades and fireworks and all those kind of great things yeah, that's what I'd love to see. I really, really, really would. I, we ain't going nowhere, you know, so uh, yeah, we'd like to have my city be the best city it can be, you know, like I said. Right. Over 40 years I've been here doing stuff, <laughs> seeing the changes, seeing the stuff, how go on, what they've done, what buildings have tore down, what parks they've put up, all that kind of stuff. I, I, they got the right idea. They just need to put their focus back on it, on, mm -hmm. on the small business and the, in, in the community itself. Yeah, and I definitely think that's a great note to end on here, putting the focus back on our community and our small businesses and just focusing our energy back here and into the people here because it really is all about the people. The people are what make the city. 
So thank you, Ryan, for being on with the Eau Claire Muse today. We really appreciate you coming on, answering all of our tough questions that we threw at you. Hey, yeah, thanks for the challenge. I appreciate that. Yeah, it was a great time. Uh, it was a pleasure meeting you, and you're welcome back on the podcast anytime you want. Anytime you want me, I'll be available. I told Lex that. I appreciate both of you guys, and uh, good luck. Awesome. Thank you awesome. so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into the Eau Claire Muse today. Please check out the show notes at theauclairemuse.com. And don't forget to like this segment and follow our social media pages so you don't miss out on any of our amazing guests. Today's podcast was brought to you by the UW-Eau Claire Entrepreneur Program, an active partner in our region's entrepreneurial ecosystem. Thank you for listening.